I feel like this is the third generation where you're not constrained to a specific space to do anything. I can totally imagine this world probably 10 years down the line where I don't have to think about Hello everybody, uh, welcome to our podcast, Everything Product. So we talk about the latest technology with the product mindset. I'm Sid Saladi, I work for uh, uh, Best Buy as a product manager. Hi everyone, this is Fani Vuru, I'm a product manager at a startup. Hey, this is Srinath, I'm a product manager in a Seattle-based company. Hello, uh, let's uh, get into our uh, episode today. So we have two very exciting topics. The first is Apple Vision Pro and the second is uh, Microsoft Developer Day. So, you know, everybody has been anticipating uh, Apple's uh, VR device. Uh, we have heard a lot of rumors around it from the last two years, and a lot of patents, files, and all of that stuff. Uh, two weeks back, it was the day where they actually revealed it, and, you know, it has a very high price tag to it. So let's get into the uh, details of what uh, Vision Pro is and how did it solve some of the problems which other devices had. So, um, you know, let's start with the question here, Fanny and Srinath. So, did you guys use any of the previous um, uh, VR headset? What was your experience with them? Well, maybe I can start. Um, so I, I used uh, one of the Oculus devices probably a year and a half ago. I, I think they had some deal. I bought it, tried it out for like a month or so. Didn't really like it at the time. I just, uh, uh, I, I just uh, returned it. But I loved it. The experience wise, it's awesome. Like I was able to give like, Except exceptional views uh, or like different uh, places of the world and uh, even when I tried different games, it was awesome. But few of the things that I didn't really like is after 15 minutes, it's it started feeling so heavy. I'm like, okay, I need to keep it around. Uh, I need to keep it away and I have to do other things around to come back to it. Another bigger thing that I felt was I had a bunch of friends. We were meeting during Thanksgiving and stuff. I was the only one who was like playing with that like a crazy person and everyone else was like sitting and chatting and doing something else. So basically I was like siloed into it. And then the last one is I have to pay for literally everything in that other than the headset and then like couple of like minimal games that they gave. Everything else was paid. I'm like, dude, I'm, I already paid so much for it. Now I'm continuing to pay like, continue to pay for everything that's already there. Yeah. Did you still keep it or uh, return it? No, <laughs> no, I didn't keep it at that time because uh, what what I realized is in order for you to have fun with like other people, these are not the right devices. Otherwise, what you will have to do is you'll have to get like multiple devices. Everyone has a playing system. That's that's going to be way more complicated. I'm like, it doesn't make sense for me at least. So I'm just going to have done it. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Srinath? Yeah, I've used this, uh, I think, uh, two to three years ago. When I was at an airport, I was basically, there was in the middle of a layover. And there was some uh, kind of a sales pitch about this Oculus. I think it's probably the first or second version of it. So I can't exactly recall. But I did. Definitely, it was um, a good experience to start with because that was something which didn't exist before. I mean, I, I can't wear this for more than like 30 minutes. I mean, it, how can they make it more comfortable that I can uh, basically wear it for a longer period of time? And the second thing was like, I'm usually a multitasker. Um, like I'm a multitasker. I want to do multiple things at the same time. 
I feel like once I have it, I can't do anything. Um, and I have to just literally concentrate on it, uh, which I don't think I can do that all the time. So that's something as well. And uh, yeah, I think those are the two big pain points that uh, I face. More. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, what, so, what about yeah. you? me <laughs> i've actually not used it directly but uh, a lot of things come to my mind when i look at other people using it so the first thing is you're almost blindfolded you don't know what the objects are <laughs> in front of you and all of that stuff we have seen all of these meme videos where people are dashing into your tv's walls and all of that stuff so that's the first like, um, uh, a drawback which i saw when i saw other people using it the second one is looks like like all the uh, VR headset which came in, like HoloLens or uh, the, the the Meta's Quest Pro and all of them, have some kind of, uh, 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 I think, a space where it lets the light in. So it's not a completely immersed world where maybe that was intentional just to make people see things around them. So that's why I think that's also a drawback, which is not giving them a complete immersed experience over there and also i feel that sometimes controlling all of these with uh, controllers is not as uh, human like as as we think we are used to using devices in a different way uh, now you are actually trying to control something in a virtual world through uh, these controllers doesn't feel uh, you know uh, right for me so these were some of the challenges which i saw at least you know when people were using uh, some of these headsets yeah, no, no, Apple is definitely aware about that, about that because uh, that, that's something that's really big, right? Because Meta has been doing this for like quite some time now, but one thing they've been consistently giving is a controller on your hand. But the moment you have a controller on your hand, you can't do anything else in this world. You are literally stuck to the, that one thing, which is either playing it or like watching it, etc. That's it. If you can't use that, you can't do anything. And one more big thing, when, at least when I was using that Oculus, was you have to keep on moving your head if I'm observing something. After some day, it was so annoying. But uh, at least one thing that I really loved in the, the, the demos and stuff is you can just move your eyes, which is the natural movement for a human. And the moment you move your eyes, it knows where you're looking at. Basically, your eyes are becoming the cursor uh, to move things around. And then uh, in order for you to click it, just tap your fingers and everything will happen. That is like, dude, that's amazing. Yeah, let's get into that. One. But uh, uh, before we get into that, like, I think even like, uh, when we look at uh, Quest Pro and all of that, imagine you watching a movie, and you're not actually holding these controllers all the time. You maybe start a movie and put it aside. <laughs> and after maybe half an hour or so you want to pause or forward it, then you're actually searching for your controllers. Everybody know that how many times we lose a TV remote, right? Whenever you're watching something. So it's so awkward in that position to lose that. So, you know, I think that's also something which Apple tried to solve for. So, yeah, let's get into Apple uh, right away. So, I, I want to hear both of your first impressions. Like, what is your, if you want to describe the whole event in one word, what would that be? Maybe I'll start with you, Fanny. One word, huh? Uh, I don't know. I would say, like, exemplary, uh, fascinated, uh, etc. I, I don't know. I can tell a bunch of words like that, I believe. Um, at least I'm very excited for it. Price tag also makes me amazed. Like what, what exactly did you put within that? Uh, but at least I could see what they did, right? There is, I, they were explaining there are like 12 different cameras 
literally just monitoring your eye. Uh, there are like several other cameras around which are monitoring your entire hands and everything. So the funny part is they are basically uh, monitoring your entire face, entire hands, your entire environment around you to see what is going on. And they're replicating everything to the other person. So that's something that's that's really amazing. Okay. How about you, Srinath? Yeah, I was very thrilled uh, seeing that. Uh, like funny, um, especially some of the things that I felt like they solved was the controller part. And also the one thing which was a little amazing to me was uh, because I experienced this pain point. Like when I wear oculus, uh, people, if I'm seeing some other person, they might not know that I'm seeing them or they cannot see my eyes. But uh, I think Apple Vision Pro automatically detects if someone is seeing or you are staring at and uh, basically helps them that clearly that the person is seeing you, which I think is very um, interesting. As well as I know, they have a bunch of uh, awesome features they launched. Uh, probably we'll talk more about that. Yeah, overall, I was very thrilled. Like Fanny said, I'm not like, I, I probably won't buy at 3500 Hopefully the prices come down, but I definitely want to uh, experiment that and see uh, whether it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And my my first impressions was, uh, I thought like Apple was the first company who got it right. A lot of people tried it, but there were some uh, drawbacks or the other. But for at least Apple's perspective, they tried to solve all of these things together. And there's also a difference between the approach Apple took and the approach Meta took. Meta is more like move fast, break things and iterate mode where they were launching things and all of that stuff. I think that also kind of ended up with a lot of bad uh, connotation with the virtual world and all of that stuff. But Apple took time, but it tried to solve all the problems which all of these headset had and then, you know, made a perfect version of that. That was my take. Like they kind of got it right. It was almost felt like the iPhone moment where, you know, Steve Jobs was uh, putting the BlackBerry aside and cre creating something which was going into multiple different leaps and solving all of these problems which people were having to use the product. It's One hard. thing which I would like to add is... Uh... I know Apple really excels in design. If you look at their MacBooks, if you look at their iPhones, uh, I'm sure they might have focused a lot on the Vision Pro, uh, the design as well. So yeah, very excited about that because, and I think they're really, they, they, that's why their product stickiness is as well pretty high and the usability and all makes it so easy. Actually, let's go to see this question. Probably I can come back to this. Features we liked. Um... I don't know. At least the one thing that stuck to me is everything that we do on a daily basis. Like right now, I'm sitting in front of a monitor and I have like few few set up around, right? All of the things that I'm currently doing here, I can just sit, literally sit with that headset and do everything. So thinking back about uh, the biggest problem or the biggest feature that these guys solved for me is location constraint. I'm I'm at least I feel like that. I, as a product manager, if I need to do a certain things, if I'm sitting in front of my laptop, I can do it really well. Uh, I mean, laptop and monitor, I can do it really well. But that's the biggest problem that they solved. I can sit at my kitchen right now and I can be as productive as what I'm sitting in front of a monitor and doing things. But uh, one thing which uh, I really liked was, I mean, expanding the screen the way you want, uh, especially I'm not a fan of putting all home theaters and I don't watch TV a lot. So I was always thinking about uh, 
the ROI of putting that. But I feel like this is really helping me solve that where I can expand the screen if I want to watch sports or movies, whatever. I don't need to buy a home theater. I felt like uh, that was one of the unique features which I really liked. And the other one was, I think, the collaboration. It, I think it's bringing that both like the augmented reality, the virtual reality, a lot of this mixed reality into one thing and making it so easy to collaborate and communicate with others. Yeah. Actually, so, I want to add something there. Yeah. So I've, I've seen this argument, right? Why is it $3,500? What are they comparing it to, to put that price tag? Um, I, I've seen in one of the videos, like MK, MKPST or someone was talking about that. He was like, dude, they are not uh, pricing it against Oculus. Apple tries to not compare themselves to another company. But what they are trying to compare it to, like uh, what Srinath was telling, is a big home theater, which gives an immersive experience for you, for a movie or a, for a video or something like that, which would cost cost you basically like anywhere between like 5000 to like $8,000. With the proper audio system, or uh, visual experience, etc., and that's what they're solving for as part of their spatial computing headset or this Vision Pro. But I don't, I don't see them solving that yet. The reason for that is when you think about a home theater, you don't sit alone and watch, right? You're basically watching it with the family. I don't think they're there yet to solve that problem. But for a single person who would want to look at this. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because so, I know uh, one of my close friends here spent like $20,000 for a home theater uh, setup. Yeah. Like, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I feel like, okay, this is a little inexpensive to do something. But yeah. So does that mean like if you have four people in, in your house, it's it's like close to that amount, right? Like, where everybody want, buys a headset and it's, it, it costs you like 14000 But uh, yeah, that's a very interesting point, Fanny. The pricing, everybody was talking about the pricing, right? Like, why is it so high? I won't, wouldn't buy it and all of that stuff. But I think traditionally, uh, Apple has been upping the price for the categories, right? So take take BlackBerry. Looks like when when Apple first iPhone launched, Black, BlackBerry was sold at a cost of three hundred to three fifty dollars, right? They bumped it, bu- bumped it up significantly. The same with AirPods, right? Any other Bose or any other headset, right? Like they they were discounted was like fifty dollars, fifty bucks, and it, the higher pri- higher end price was hundred bucks. But Apple upped it up. And same thing with VR Pro, right? Like, you know, people might think it is like really costly, but they'll start buying is what I think. And it's also not targeting every every piece of the customer. It's just targeting the early adopters who are tech enthusiasts who want to pay that premium price to have that experience and all of that stuff. Also, Apple is not just selling your you products like on a cost and a profit basis, right? They're, they're selling you an experience where... It comes with the whole ecosystem together and seamless integration with the laptop and all of that stuff. And it looks like even in the event, they show a person actually working on a laptop and then closing the laptop and directly going into VR and it seamlessly opens up all the windows and all of that stuff. So the eco- ecosystem things. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask this, right? So uh, 10 years down the line, do you think um, in an office in an office setup, everyone would be like wearing... Uh, Mm-hmm. Apple Vision Pro headset and then working on their desk or working wherever they like. Do you, do you guys think you can imagine that situation? Uh, I think they say everybody's thinking it as a, a binary situation of one or a zero, right? I wouldn't think that's the case, right? So when you are using phone, watches came in. You're not like 
using just the watches right you are using phones with the watches i i think the same where there would be use cases which would be matured enough to work better in a, uh, a vr headset or uh, a vision pro and people will be using this headset for those use cases i feel not like everybody i, I at least like don't think it would be similar what meta is saying right this piece of equipment will replace everything at your home right your tvs your uh, computer screens your laptops your gym equipment everything i think i don't think that would be the same case yeah i don't I think actually, i can okay. actually i can actually imagine that i, I don't <laughs> know at least i feel it that way i'll tell you why um Uh, again going back to my my thought process here right my thought process or the biggest problem that a human has right now is being a uh, is limit being limited to a, a specific constraint or a space or something like that at least that's what i uh, that's what there in my head i'm imagining myself 10 years uh, 10 years back uh, let's say i was working for tcs at that point they had uh, desktop computers obviously they were in the phase of transitioning but i'm limited to a space to do a certain things the moment i get up from that space i can't do anything uh move to a phase of laptops and then tablets and stuff now you're still constrained to a space which where you can probably like set it up and then work it out etc uh you can't go beyond that i feel like this is the third generation where you're not constrained to a specific space to do anything i can totally imagine this world probably 10 years down the line where i don't have to think about buying a laptop to do a certain things Uh, not certain things i don't have to buy a laptop to do really important big things i can totally use one headset probably i think these two things will still continue to stay uh, <laughs> keyboard and mouse <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but others can move along yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah i mean definitely probably some of the tasks can be easily achieved also versus before where you probably not limited to that space uh, but yeah i am well, always a monitor person but i think this will help uh, because without laptop i feel like i'm not productive i'm monitored <laughs> i think this helps some ease of that pain point yeah that's right so uh, one other thing i liked a lot is i think every other uh, vr headset right uh, uh, you know whatever keynote people uh, were talking about and all it was more like an Im- immersive reality and all of that stuff and it's completely disconnected from the real world as all of that but apple kind of Uh, i think uh, put it in a way that this is actually bridging a virtual world to a real world where they have this uh, i think they have a screen on the front right where other people can see your eyes when people come in front of you and also when people come in front of you the person who's using the headset kind of has a sneak peek that somebody is looking at you and you know maybe you can change the device or remove the device and all of that stuff and there's also a ring on the top which adjusts the immersion like immersion levels where you can be using that headset with everybody everything visible and also you, you kind of can go into a complete immersion mode i don't see any other headset outside doing that right because maybe when you're working you need one kind of uh, uh, immersion and maybe when you're watching movies there's another kind of immersion so i think that i found very very interesting okay. Uh, that's making it really really pricey because they have a screen inside and also a screen outside right and all of that stuff yeah yep that's one of the big things that i was, I was earlier saying uh, i felt like 
I can't do anything except that. But with this, I feel like, okay, I can still see what's going on outside and see other people if you are there looking at me or if I, if I'm looking at them and all that stuff. Did you guys also see that battery extension? Uh, right? Like, uh, <laughs> they have that. So I, I was always wondering when with Crush Quest Pro and all, do you, can you connect a charger while using it? I don't think so. Okay. So you use it for an hour and then charge it. That's it. Yep. Okay, but with yeah. Adam, right? I think you can use it while charging or something. I guess, right? Yeah, actually, uh, it reminds me of the headphones. So when I when I bought these headphones, right? I'm like, dude, this is too expensive. Going back to Sido's point, they always up the price. Like typical Bose would cost you like two fifty, three hundred bucks. These are five fifty bucks. When I bought it, the biggest thing that I observed is. Uh, it's too heavy on the side, but they removed all the bands and stuff on the top to make it like much more softer and easier for people to wear. Now I can wear this for like five, six hours straight and I still don't feel that heaviness. They learned a lot from this thing and then they uh, implemented all of that into their Vision Pro. So if you think about one of the biggest pain points for uh, the VR, VR devices, it's too heavy. Funny part was they still have so much and it's yeah. still, uh, still they still made right? sure yeah. it's not too heavy on the mm-hmm. things that they're wrapping around and stuff. Uh, so I, I feel like they evolved uh, at multiple stages in order to get to that Vision Pro. Yeah, and uh, maybe uh, you know once this is out, right? There'll be more accessories to increase the shelf life, uh, like the battery life of the headset, right? Maybe something like a power bank which you attach to the uh, charger, which will give you maybe six hours of uh, battery life or something like that. I want to add one thing here. Uh, do you guys use Dyson, the vacuum cleaner? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of the biggest fans of that. I'll tell you yeah. why. Same so, here. typical vacuum cleaner has so many pain points. It's too heavy. Always have to be connected to a cable. Uh, it doesn't go to every uh, space, etc. They literally solved every damn problem of that and then they released that. But it's too expensive. Like for a vacuum cleaner, people are not used to spending like 500, 600 bucks. When a typical vacuum cleaner, you could get it for 100 bucks. But imagine our world right now. Every one of us have it and we definitely use it. Okay. Now uh, take a few steps back and then think of the uh, virtual reality world. Oculus have been trying to do this. There are a couple of other smaller companies who have been trying to do this as well haven't been successful because of the exact same pain points like charge doesn't exist you have to use additional devices uh, or it's too heavy etc etc these guys came and said i'm gonna solve every damn problem of that but i'm gonna price it in such a way it's like six times seven times higher than a typical one okay i i i definitely see it that way and i i hope people will start using it but let's see yeah yeah, oh, I, that's a very interesting and a similar example. Like uh, when Dyson, I think the product stickiness is so high. So once you start using it, you will be a fan. So recently, I was gifting my wife a hair dryer. Just guess the price of a hair dryer. How much you want? bucks, man. I've done it to Divya <laughs> also before. <laughs> Six hundred bucks. I was like, oh god. When you get a normal one, the Conair one for like twenty thirty bucks. And like, even the, if you go to a little advanced one, you get like maximum 50, 60, but Dyson kept it at 600. But I feel, I, even I use it now. Uh, but once I started using it, like it's so easy. They saw, I feel like they solved so many pain points. So 
the usability is pretty good, but I think they still keep their price at premium. I think people are buying. I mean, yeah. Uh, please like and uh, like, share, and subscribe to our channel. They are not trying to compare themselves with anyone else. That's that's how I see it, and they are not letting anyone else easily compare themselves to Oculus. So, be it price, yes. be it the product, be it the um, specs that they are using for the product, be it the apps that they are giving for the product, they have completely set themselves apart. Because when you think about Oculus, the entire branding around that goes about games. The entire branding around that goes about having fun. but if you think about the vision pro you would never think about games or anything like that first because everything that they branded is you will be productive you will be able to like do several uh, several normal things by using a vision pro rather than just uh, thinking about games because when you think about the actual person who is buying this think about a family um, a parent is probably buying this for a kid Or a parent is probably buying it for themselves. They focused on the customer persona of buying it for themselves rather than buying it for a kid as a fun tech product. Yeah. So I I think like Apple also tries to not tag themselves with some technology or something because technologies keep coming and changing, but they concentrate more on the story and uh, you know the messaging around the story and the experience around it rather than saying uh, AI first company or a Meta first company or something. Hopefully, in the future, yeah. three of us will be sitting at a random place wearing our VR glasses and then taking our videos. <laughs> recording our podcast yeah let's let's watch for that okay let's do it let's let's switch gears and move to our next topic so microsoft developer day so it was full of ai again so looks like app uh, microsoft is kind of going full throttle on ai and kind of integrating ai with all its developer tools ecosystem cloud and all of that stuff so you know there's a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of new products that were launched uh, for the microsoft developer day so let's get started right so what was one thing which you really really liked about and what were your impressions about it sure so again microsoft uh, i mean announcement had a lot of uh, awesome uh, new ai capabilities i think through different products that they uh, plan to do and one thing which struck me was uh, the windows copilot um uh, i think uh, it has some multiple advantages in terms of uh, searching for what you are looking within windows or trying to uh, adjust settings uh, for com- within a computer you are basically trying to uh, interact with that computer and uh, automatically making those changes so i'll say um, windows copilot to is my uh, top win there oh, okay. what about you fine if you think about what openai did is they they gave their product to microsoft and uh, that's what we have seen in the last 6 uh, months or so from the time it was launched but for the first time i'm seeing it the other way around so bing is now integrated with openai so that uh, any traffic that's going through the chat gpt right now goes to bing so they, let's let's take back and uh, think about what microsoft is trying to do right they want to make sure their products will continue to extend through chatgpt because they have invested so much in chatgpt they want to make sure whatever the goodness it's giving it's expanding all of their other products okay and that's the direct integration that we have been seeing for the last 6 months or so for the first time at least the, this is my guess a lot of traffic for the search has gone to chatgpt okay so if they continue to leave it like that the only monetization that they would get is probably the subscription that they're getting from openai 
but now it has gone reverse given that chatgpt can't do a direct web search and i'm guessing they would have wantedly constrained that to not do that so that they can integrate bing and then continue to get the traffic through bing for the web searches that's that's yeah, something that, that i really loved yeah so now when you do web browsing use web browsing plugin in chatgpt right it actually gives you answers but when you click on the links it takes you to bing so indirectly you are being diverted to to bing to start using it right maybe people once they open bing right even for other searches they might go in and type in bing so that's a very intel- intelligent strategy where they are actually try- taking the 100 billion odd users who are using chat gpt uh, and you know putting them to towards bing you know, trying making them to use bing and and recently i've tried using edge their uh, browser and also bing man looks like they have a lot of good things that uh, even though i'm more used to chrome but there are a lot of good things that you know you can use from they also have a point system where you when you go in and search do a search they give you like five points every day or something and you know you keep accumulating those points and if you get 5000 points or so you'll actually get a 5 dollar uh, amazon gift card <laughs> Ooh, yeah i didn't know about yeah. it so they're trying mm-hmm. to gamify the overall uh, search experience hope this will bring them more more traffic a very interesting thing which i found was uh, uh, from the developer day was more like i think the way people are interacting with uh, ui and products is changing right i think we have talked about this before where now previously it was more about you having a ui with all the different options around and you click and go to a spot where you need information find information uh, search and all of that but everything is changing more towards more conser- conser- conservational where you go in and search for something and it gives you the answer the same thing uh, as uh, srinath said right the copilot i know i remember so many days uh, you know i actually try to find some setting cannot find it go to google search it and search look through a form and then figure out okay this is the way i have to do it and the most frequent thing i do is like setting up monitors right whenever i set up a new monitor somewhere the other you know the settings doesn't work it doesn't appear and you cannot uh, you know actually move your cursor through all the monitors and all of that i think everybody have experienced it if a copilot existed and it actually solved that for me and changed the settings magically for me that would be like a, a big pain reliever for me right so i think that was something which kind of caught my eye so that was one thing and uh, did you guys look at the azure ai studio looks like mm-hmm. they are introducing a ai studio which is enabling you with all the language models you are able to add data and create your own co- uh, a copilot kind of uh, a model right so maybe i was thinking about different use cases and all right now if i want to maybe create something for my profile or a resume and all i have to go to chat gpt and keep feeding it the same data again and again maybe I'll, you know in the future there'll be a copilot which basically understand all all my educational profile all my achievements and all of that stuff whenever i have to submit an application or something i'll ask it to build something for me and it builds for me yeah, yeah i, I think uh, yeah on the similar lines copilot one thing which also struck me was that microsoft copilot like which you can use for your word documents or anything one thing which was uh, really good was like for instance if you're writing a legal document right so obviously we are not legal experts um, uh, but we probably need to understand what the terminology or what is the right thing that we need to include in the document i think that is also helping with a lot of that collaboration and making sure we're doing it right so 
overall i think that especially with the copilot it's making that search very easy within a computer or within a document or to summarize anything and uh, i think which is pretty handy one other thing which really struck me was uh, the microsoft fabric i think they are calling it as a biggest data product after their microsoft sql server so well, when i was observing the demo of it i mean it has multiple things that it is bringing i mean today for instance uh, if you were writing a query and you will obviously go and write an uh, oracle or a microsoft sql server once you do that you have to export it you have to use multiple tools for visualizations or integrations and all but this microsoft uh, fabric looks like it's bringing all this multiple things into one uh, tool where you can write queries where you can basically integrate with plugins where you can do visualizations everything at one place so it's, um, it's almost sure like a, is is it almost like a data lake where you are connecting all your data sources exactly. and to write uh, queries to figure out like different things out of the data exactly it's a kind of a data lake uh, but it, i think it also has a lot of this advanced capabilities like building that uh, being that responsible making your that governance data quality data standards security everything is incorporated into one tool which i think is going to be pretty handy for a lot of data lovers out there i want to add one more thing here right so when i think about microsoft or when i compare microsoft to apple and googles of the world the first word that comes to my mind is enterprise so anything that they do in and out is focused towards an enterprise customer they might give it to an end customer for sure but primary focus is enterprise so going back to what sidhu was telling right azure ai so when you think about azure like as a product or as a platform what it's trying to do is bring companies to together to do their common things okay and especially with the buzz going on in the world everyone must be thinking hey why do i have to use chat gpt why can't i use my own uh, my own model to do certain things and that's true because uh one model cannot solve for different things that's why several other apps exist like mid journeys and stuff because for images something is better for text something is better etc so now instead of them trying to build it or instead of them trying to uh give certain things that other people can use they are just building a platform to say hey you can come to azure and then you build your own model and you can do whatever you want with that now let's say uh facebook comes and builds a model okay and stores it in azure now they can sell that to anyone in the world like facebook can sell that to anyone in the world but in between who is going to be benefited it's azure so yeah, yeah that that that's a very scalability uh, point so they are also uh, actually uh, adding these third party models right hugging face was one of it which is available through azure studio and all of that stuff so i think microsoft is still t- sticking to its course i think since like decades microsoft has been a platform uh, right and they are trying to be that through ai you know creating that ecosystem and you know inviting more and more people come in but i also like wonder what amazon is trying to do to reply this right because i don't hear amazon and apple doing much noise on this side uh, it's more google and microsoft trying to lead the charge with all these ai products and language models and all of that stuff yeah yeah so, so i mean like, uh, yeah. like there's a saying which is so true that 80% of the revenue comes from that the top uh, uh, 20% of the customers are enterprise 
So I think Azure is also hitting that way. Coming, me coming from the B2B spaces at both in Amazon and Twilio, like, yeah, we were definitely looking at that data that a lot of your revenue comes from them. Yeah, let's see what what's uh, there in the future, and you know we'll maybe cover all of these uh, other companies also doing AI stuff in our podcast. Perfect. Yeah, very great session, guys. Uh, thanks a lot, 